Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the keys to discover real connections and one-of-a-kind experiences. It all starts with expert itineraries where everything is taken care of. With Trafalgar, your money goes further, and so do you. Unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi, everyone. It's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 5th of January, 2023. Later, China's reopening, the pros and cons for investors. But first, we'll start with Grain Corp. It says it continues to expect strong prices for Aussie wheat, barley and canola, but rail and road bottlenecks are holding back exports just as China's economy reopens. So what does it mean? And is it across the industry? For more, Charlie Page spoke with the Chief Operating Officer, Klaus Paminger. In general, the harvest in Australia has been fantastic. Um, It's about the same size or maybe even larger than last year. ABS is forecasting about 62 million tonnes of production of winter crop, that is, which is similar to last year. But In some areas, it's larger. So West Australia, South Australia and Victoria are producing larger crops compared to last year. Queensland is also producing a record crop. And New South Wales is producing an above average but smaller crop than last year. And that varies significantly from region to region. Even within Victoria, uh, there are areas that have been affected by floods, i.e. the crops have drowned out or they're not yielding as much as we would have expected otherwise. It's obviously fantastic news, um, both from uh, an economic sense, uh, but also given the situation uh, abroad, uh, who is likely to show the most interest internationally for this bumper crop? So, Charlie, Australia is in a fortunate position that we've had two big crops to begin with, and this is our third one. So we have a, a number of countries and different customers within countries Uh, that we can ship the various commodities of different qualities too. But in general, um, the top five or six uh, destinations for Australian grains and oil seeds include countries like China, Indonesia, Philippines, the Vietnam, South Korea, Japan, and then uh, for canola specifically, the Netherlands and Germany. Uh, now, of course, with that said, uh, Grand Corp did today make some mention of concerns about bottlenecks in road and rail networks um, impacting how much grain could be exported. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit to that? Yes, uh, agriculture and logistics are facing some challenges in Australia, but globally as well. It's not just in Australia. First and foremost, we're experiencing labour shortages on the farm, but then also in supply chains. So there are there's capacity that's sitting idle because there's not enough train drivers or truck drivers, i.e. moving the grain from the farm or moving the grain from upcountry storage to the port. So that's caused bottlenecks or not the volume uh, that we would like to export. Sometimes... Our industry is a bit misunderstood. People think the challenge is at the port. Australia has enough export capacity uh, at the port. 
The challenge for us is to actually get the grain from the country where it's being produced, i.e. up country, to the port. And that on the East Coast, once again, for us, it has been labour shortages, but also, remember, we've had a number of floods now on the East Coast of Australia. We've had disruptions to our rail network uh, by infrastructure just being damaged and not being able to run trains as efficiently and as frequently as we would like to. That situation has improved now, so we would hope that our bottlenecks that we had experienced in calendar 22 should be, some of them should be easier to be tackled with in 23. That is Charlie Page speaking with the COO of Grain Corp, Klaus Paminger. Now to the Australian share market, which rose but only just the S&P ASX 200 up 0.06%, 7,063. I spoke earlier with Hebe Chen. She's an analyst at IG Markets about all things markets, including what she thinks about the Chinese economy. But first, she explained what happened on the share market today. Well, the sentiment in the market today, which I feel a bit, bit cautious positive, so we is following the Wall Street scan with a 0.3% of the increase at the start, but then the market kind of bit seesaws during the midday, and now by the end of the day, it's returned to where it started. So it looks like for me, the traders or the investor in the market is kind of balanced out with the mixed feelings. On the one side, we expecting some of the positive catalysts, for the new calendars, for example, the inflation could, could be cooling, the rate hike will be slowing down. But on the other hand, we have to be priced in the possibility of a recession, which kind of will be a one number one enemy for the market in the new year. And energy sectors, which is one typical example to expand that, that we're seeing that given the reopening of China with the speculation of the China's easing export bent, seems like a positive for the energy sectors. But... We also seeing the dropping of the oil price, which increased the kind of prospect of the recession is putting quite a lot of pressure on the energy sector. And that's the reason we didn't get the opportunity to see the energy sector perform that well today. Let's break some of that down. First of all, you mentioned the recession word. We heard from the US Federal Reserve uh, this morning with its December board meeting minutes out today. What did it have to say? Well, this is... Um, you can say it's the very first message we're getting from the central bank for the new year. So it's quite important, not only because they extend what the decision in back in December, but it's showing the good um, indication for what we can expect for the new year. So to summarize up, I think for myself, the two key takeaway, one, I say yes, one, I say no. For the yes is if you have any, any doubt that inflation will stay and remain as a key concern for 2023, the central bank saying that, yes, they are forecasting that will happen in the back of the evidence that they are seeing the job market in U.S. is extremely tight. And that is something that we can definitely get more evidence once we got the non-fund payroll report by the end of this week. And the second one is the central bank is saying no very uh, firmly to the uh, prospect that the U.S. central bank will start cutting rates in the second half of 2023. So that is not a positive or good news for the investors, as that could be the one of the major positive catalysts for 2023. But central bank seems doesn't put it, this option on the table for now. 
Can we also focus on China? So today is the first day that pre-departure COVID testing is required for arrivals into Australia from China. Oil prices are down because there are concerns about global growth. Um, they're worried that China's reopening may see a, a hit to its, its economy. But at the same time, other investors are saying, hey, if you look forward, that there's some opportunities here, they may not be priced in. What do you think? Do you agree or is it just too early to tell? I agree that there will be opportunities. I have no doubt with that. And honestly, if you, as we just mentioned, the easing export ban, a lot of things is actually in line with China's own interests as well. And the relationship between Australia and China, which has been put quite a lot of damage to our sectors like mining, education, tourisms, all these have the good chance, opportunity to get recovered in the new year. So this is other opportunities we can see. And we can expect the returning of demand, which has been kind of quite strictly limited for the past three years. So this is opportunity side. But on the other hand, I personally will be more cautious not to be overestimate the potential that it could reach. Um, And the reason, the primary reason for that is that if you're looking for the fundamental picture of Chinese economy, it's not the same picture as what we have seen before before pandemic. And that I'm not very positive that China could return back into the level that they used to enjoy. I'll put it into numbers. If you look at that, back into 2019, the average GDP annual growth for China is in between 6.5 to 7%. Now we are expecting that 2022 will be only about 3.5 to 4%. The difference in between them is not only because of the COVID policies in China, but it's actually coming down into the deep inside is the engine for Chinese economy's growth is losing its steam, which if you're looking for the manufacturing, if you're looking at the property sectors, manufacturing is one of the technical examples. If you're looking for the Apple, they are shutting down their manufacturers in China. They're moving 20% of capacity, production capacity to India, and they're building up their own factory in US. So this is just one of the small pictures um, but if you're looking for the big scale of China we potentially we were seeing that China have to embrace for the new reality is the economy will be much slower and much complicated so that's what the reason that I am not 100% or too optimistic about the future and the potential it could reach there will be opportunities but we can't expect they will return to the level that we used to enjoy that's E.B. Chen there from IG Markets This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 